0: Hey everyone, this is Matt Kamen, co-founder of Envision Consulting and the host of the podcast, Nonprofit on the Rocks. Before the pandemic, the part of my job that I loved the most was going on happy hours with my clients, with nonprofit leaders, and just anybody who was a badass do-gooder in nonprofit. Over drinks, I'd learn why they got into nonprofit, what inspires them, what keeps them motivated, and what drives them insane. When everything shut down, I realized how much I missed those conversations. And honestly, drinking alone right now isn't that much fun. So then it occurred to me that not only do these conversations not have to end, but maybe there are like one or two listeners out there who'd like to listen. People like me who are tired of the same boring industry podcast and want something different. So pull up a seat, pour yourself a drink, and join me in the conversation. Hey everyone, welcome to Nonprofit on the Rocks. I'm your host and Envision Consulting co-founder, Matt Kamen. And today, I'm talking to my friend, Carlin Irvin, who is the VP of HR, I think, and like facilities, right? VP of HR and facilities? That's
1: yeah, a- facilities is throw- definitely thrown in there.
0: All right, so the VP of HR and facilities at Chrysalis, which is an, a phenomenal organization working with the homeless downtown Los Angeles. And we can get into that in a minute. Welcome, Carlin. How are you doing today?
1: I am doing so well. Thank you so much, Matt, for having me. We're going to have a blast.
0: Oh, we're going to have fun. Uh, talk a lot of shit. But before that, what I need to know is what are you drinking?
1: So I am drinking kombucha that has a small alcohol content because I still have some work to do oh. after we, t- I know, you know, I'm so straight but- Kombucha, you know, I'm lightweight. I mean <laughs> I want to see what's
0: Can I Can I just I just want you to know something that when I my my client well I only have like three people who listen to this so I'm not worried about it. Oh my but gosh. when I when I do when I do board retreats, I'm generally <laughs> drinking. So just so you Hey, know.
1: you got you know what? Sometimes you just gotta let loose and and do you.
0: I'm just saying that I do my best work when I've you know had a drink or two. So yes, yes I might sound like an
1: alcoholic.
0: Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So today, just so you know, I am drinking Jefferson's Reserve bourbon. So I bought this. This is something that was like made, I don't know, it's made in like a red wine finish or something like that. Mm -hmm. I bought this in St. Martin. And it is a very expensive bottle that I'm drinking only with you because... It
1: looks so expensive. (laughs) It looks top shelf.
0: It is. I mean, we brought this... almost finished I'm going to finish this by the way. Well, you know what? I should just pour the whole thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, just pour the
0: whole thing. Why mess around at this point? I'm yeah, I'm oh, I'm going to be real drunk. Air. I'm going to be real drunk at the end of this interview. Anyway, yes. cheers my friend. Happy cheers. Happy Wednesday. What do you want to make a toast to? What do we want?
1: Let's make a toast to health, success, and just prosperity and getting through this awful year.
0: <sighs> to all of that and no more of this fucking pandemic. Cheers.
1: Cheers. Clink clink.
0: Mm. Okay, I we told have you we the
1: same glass. So we do
0: have the same glass, right?
1: Yes. And
0: by the way, I told you we can totally swear. Although Ashley, who does our all of our production, has said to me, I should tone it down. So yeah,
1: because you want advertisers, Matt. You want people to advertise. And
0: do we want you know? advertisers? Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. I can make money on this podcast. Yes, you
1: can. I yes, can? you can. Yes, you can.
0: Oh, shoot, I gotta like get some better guests then. <laughs> <laughs> What are you trying to (laughs) say? All right. So, you do HR. You're the VP of HR for a really really large, amazing organization. And so, what I want to know is because I think people generally suck. How do you do the people business? How are you able to, what is it it that you like about running HR? And then also just because, you know, our viewer at this point doesn't, listener, I guess it's our listener, doesn't, uh, may not know what HR is. If you could just quickly explain what it means.
1: So pretty much just to answer the first part of your question, why do I do what I do? I'm a people person. So I love all facets. Of human beings. I love even the worst of the human beings. Um, and I always try to find the good in that human. And I've always been drawn to people as a child. I'm an extrovert. Mm-hmm. And I remember having my first job, my first real job. My first job was in high school at the USC bookstore, and I didn't do anything there but just eat for like <laughs> four hours while I was on shift. Wait, 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 wait.
0: <laughs> Your first job was at the USC, as in the college bookstore.
1: Yes, what? USC bookstore. Why are yep. we
0: friends? I went to UCLA. Did we know that? Did I even know this? Are you a Trojan?
1: I did not go to USC. I just worked at the bookstore.
0: Okay, okay. But let me ask you this. After high school. So let me ask you this. If what? they were, if UCLA, when UCLA and USC play a football game, which who knows when that's going to happen again, Right. who do you root for, my friend?
1: Of course, SC.
0: Oh, well, that's it.
1: Sorry. <laughs>
0: We're going to have to have a conversation offline about this. But anyway, sorry. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Anytime I hear USC, I just have a visceral reaction. Okay, Okay. I'm with you.
1: Okay, so yeah, I started out um, at the bookstore at USC, but then I really honed in on my HR skill set and really fell in love with the profession when I worked at the Los Angeles Sentinel newspaper. In HR, to answer that part of your question, for your listeners that do not know, Human resources is the function in every organization that is the liaison between the employee and the employer. And when I say liaison, I mean HR does it all from, well, the HR department at Chrysalis, we are responsible for processing all the payroll for ooh, over 180 permanent staff. And then we have over 500 transitional staff. HR is also responsible for administering benefits. So, really, Going beyond just administering the benefits, but really, I like to specialize in really catering to the employee's needs and really going over their benefits. HR is also responsible for employee engagement mm-hmm. at an organization, You know, meaning that you need to engage employees, you need to communicate with employees, you need to keep your finger on the pulse when it comes to culture. Culture curation. I love to say that an HR department curates culture at every organization. And HR can also be more strategic. I know at Chrysalis, HR is really a strategic role too for me being the VP of HR, because HR needs to set strategy for the department, for the organization, and really be proactive in organizational development and decisions that the organization makes. So that's why I do HR. That's why I fell in love with it. And that's primarily the responsibility of human resources.
0: Got it. I mean, so what I think I heard first and foremost is payroll, which is very important. People have to get paid. I do want to talk to you a little bit about finding the good in people. Although before mm-hmm. I do that, here's what I need you to know. So I know that HR deals with certain, you know, issues between staff. And I've had staff complain to me that like coworkers smell like they smell of BO. Mm-hmm. And like I know HR <laughs> has to like talk to those people and be like, hey, maybe put on some deodorant. So the right. reason I'm saying that is because with COVID, I'm mm-hmm. not going anywhere. And literally yeah. I've forgotten to put deodorant on for the last seven months. Right. <laughs> and I just need you to know something. I smell myself right now. No. I smell okay. myself. I don't you'd like probably
1: it. put on some deodorant.
0: I don't like it. What do you, so oh. you'd have to tell me like as your employee, like Matt, nah, Matt, nah, yes. put on some deodorant.
1: Yeah. So you want me to, you <laughs> want to act it out. You want me to act out. Tell the employee that they smell.
0: Listen, yeah. if, you, if you were here, you'd be so, so, I mean, oof. anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you said you, sorry, I can't, I can't. So you said to me that you find the best in people. I'd love you. to know. I would love to know somebody that, like, I mean, made it real hard. Like, you were like, take the wheel, Jesus. Like, real hard to find the good in that person.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm not going to use names.
0: No, you can't use names. Although but I haven't, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get sued. It's gonna happen. Just let
1: me. Know. But, but I, I, oh, this was about five years ago, and I worked with this young lady, and she reported to me. Super smart, but I did not like her as a person. It was just something about her that I did not like. And no one else liked her either. (laughs) (laughs) I know those people. You know those people, you know, your listeners. I'm sure everybody knows at least one or two, maybe five to ten people in your life that you've encountered or still have to encounter that you just hate. Right, right. And so what I tried to do is I had to say, I have to work with this person and I have to get things from this person and she can't possibly know that I hate her. Like I would never like go to happy hour with her or invite her to dinner, but I have to work with this person. So let me find some common ground with this individual. And every weekly check-in, I try to check on my direct report as a person first before we get into the work. And every week I would just ask her, how are you doing? How's your personal life? What's going on in your life? Did you do something fun this weekend? And I found out that we both enjoy the same recording artist. And so that was my finding good in her. And when she knew that, I mean, it was Beyonce, like that should be everybody's like, Favorite recording artist, but we would have a Beyoncé chat before our. And that made that broke down that wall in me because I was probably being biased, but she was really difficult to work with. Very, and she knew that she was difficult, and she would say, "I'm the um, I'm the Kobe Bryant at this company." <laughs>
0: so wait, wait, she said, "I'm the Kobe Bryant at this company." She,
1: she would say, "I'm the Kobe Bryant. Nice. I'm the Shaq and Kobe of this nice. company." So. Nice. No matter how my behavior is, I'm bringing it with my work. And so I just had to break it down and say, hey, I know that you are stellar with your work, but your behavior absolutely sucks. Hmm. And so we found that common ground in Beyonce and that kind of broke the barrier between her and I. And I was able to find out that deep down she did have a heart. She was breathing. There was blood pumping through her body. And so I always try to find the good in people. And I think that's almost a prerequisite being an HR professional. You got to kind of look past people's faults and their funk, like you are funky right now. No, we I, have to look I, past it.
0: Wow. <laughs> oh, no, I am funky right now. I just smell, just in case anybody wants to know, I just smell.
1: <laughs> We, I hope I'm not. <laughs> but we, we have to just, the good in people so that we can work with them and get the best out of them i think a true hr person that loves the profession does that
0: i love that queen B was the one who made you not dislike this bumper that's that's fantastic yeah. all right
1: yeah, i know beyonce who I so,
0: so if anybody's i don't i don't know when people listen to podcasts to be honest i don't i i think mm-hmm. i've listened to one podcast which isn't great because i don't know if i'm doing a good job but if whomever is who's listening to this right now, please put us on pause. Don't mm-hmm. turn us off and look up Beyonce's video in this, in the uh, Louvre in Paris. I don't know what the song is. Oh my God. You know that video, right? It is the most yeah. amazing video. Beyonce and her, oh, what's her husband's name? He's so unattractive. What's his name?
1: What's her name? Jay-Z, Jay-Z, thank you. I
0: cannot believe I yeah. forgot his name. Yeah, he is unattractive though, let's be honest. So Jay Z, he won't be very listen.
1: unattractive.
0: Very unattractive. Yeah. So Jay-Z and Beyonce basically like rented the Louvre. The Louvre. Like rented the Louvre. They owned Paris. So like
1: mm-hmm. if you're
0: listening and you haven't seen that video, it's yes. ridiculous. It I want to move on. So yes. talk to me, talk to okay. So I am in college, right? Yeah. And I think to myself, I like people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of want to, like, do something in HR.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I want to be you one day. Okay. So, because, like, let's, you're 30. So in 10 years from my graduating college, at your age, at 30, you're 30, you're 30, I want to be you. I want to be the VP of an HR department at Chrysler, which is a, what, $16, $18, 20000000 million organization? It's pretty big.
1: Yes, so, it's really big.
0: big. So what would you tell me, what would you tell me as to why I should go into HR and why I potentially might not want to go into HR?
1: Mm, that's a good question, Matt. Why should you go into HR? If you are a person like me that does not like a mundane job, where you're doing the same thing every single day, that would drive me crazy. HR is going to bring you a level of, depending on what you do in HR, we can break that down. but. It's always something new every single day in HR. It's always a new employee relations issue that has to be dealt with. There's always a management issue. There's always a compliance issue that you need to mitigate a risk for an organization. HR is a pretty exciting, fascinating field if you're you're excited about that type of stuff. What people need to be cautioned about, though, HR is a serious profession. So if you're not on top of risk mitigation and really strong in an area of liability and and the liability can be on, uh, you know, a manager not being trained in sexual harassment. You could there could be a liability with the organization where the employee handbook has not been updated. And so that'll lead to exposure for the organization. And if you're the type of person that does not want to be responsible and does not want the buck to stop with you, or you just don't like multiple personalities to deal with, and you're not a patient person, then I would pick another profession outside of HR.
0: Yeah, no, HR, I mean, it's a huge liability people sue for by the way i see you're not drinking your drink so like i can see i just want you to be happy at the end of this interview i do because i you know the more you drink the more you the more you drink the more you think that i'm fantastic at my job right i i think that i think the suing part of staff and the like, I don't like that person because he has BO like I do. Mm-hmm. That's the part I wouldn't like about your job. But I think giving the benefits and like giving good news to people and raises, that's, that's amazing.
1: That's the highlight of my day. And I just went through a big salary project at Chrysalis. And it made me feel good to deliver amazing news to staff like, hey, you're gonna get a raise in spite of these, these uncertain times we believe in the staff, and so we're going to give you a raise. It gets me excited to roll out a, a benefits package for staff when I know that benefits are important to staff and their needs and their families' needs. That's what gets me excited. The mundane stuff, I mean, as far as the processing payroll, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of mundane. You know, that that that's numbers. That's something that, I've always not been the best with numbers, but I've always kind of seemed to have to work with numbers in HR, because there are numbers that are involved in HR. Mm -hmm. That type of stuff really excites me. It just excites me.
0: So I'm curious what your, I talked about this in a a different podcast about my my very first employee that I had to fire, which was, you know, not easy. So what is your, I want you to tell us two stories. One story of like, you still shake your head about, like, I cannot believe this person came to me and complained to me about something, whatever it was at the organization. And maybe, like, I don't know, the best termination story that you can possibly <laughs> think of <laughs> for, you know, for funsies. So, like, and I have two examples when you're done.
1: Okay.
0: And I realize this is me asking you questions, so I apologize for talking so much.
1: No, no, this is good. <laughs> The one story I can recall about someone coming to me, and it really, like, spoke to me. There was an employee at an organization that I've worked, and the employee would excessively come to me every single day and complain about the amount of cups, and this is, I'm not exaggerating, the amount of cups that were in the lunchroom, the amount of napkins the supplies in the, and I'm like, is this hindering you from getting your job done? (laughs) Like like there weren't enough? Right. And I'm like, there's other work that needs to be done. Why is the lunchroom like your, it just, it became obsessive too. And I, I was like, oh my gosh. So what I like to do is just put those people off on other people and say, can you please deal with this? But at the time, <laughs> I had to deal with it. And I was like, I'm literally going to scream if I hear another fork is missing in the lunchroom. I mean, who thinks about that type of stuff?
0: Do you know something though? If you had told me that that person was complaining about that, I would totally have gone into the lunchroom and just taken
1: a fork or taken a knife. <laughs> I think people would do that too. <laughs> I'm like, stop, stop doing that. And then I worked at this other place. This was years ago. And the owner, when she would drive up to the company, you know, you could see when she would pull in and we would make an announcement on the loudspeaker, the eagle has landed. Awesome. I would never do that like right now, but that was early in my career. We'd be like, ladies and gentlemen, the eagle has landed. What was
0: something that she did that was like so terrible?
1: She was just a diva. So she was a diva boss. And we're still friends to this day. But I remind her, she was such a diva. She would have Saks, her personal shopper come and bring racks from Saks Fifth Avenue and Neiman Marcus and set them up wow. in the office and line us all up. We couldn't afford this stuff. Line us all up and watch her shop. It was so rude. It was just so cool. It was like,
0: this is a nonprofit. Were you at a nonprofit?
1: I was. This was a for profit. A
0: so for profit. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So your your <laughs> boss used to have personal shoppers bring clothes in for you guys to watch. Yes. Wow! And you're friends with her still? Come on.
1: I'm still friends with her. I, I mean, I, I
0: hope I hope she gets you good clothes. Like I, I mean, I hope that you know there's something. I good
1: know the shopping has since stopped since then, but we're still friends. You know, I found the good in her, right? I found the good in her and she, 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 we reach out to each other. She lives in a different state now, but we're the dearest of friends. And she was one of my first bosses too.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay. That's a story I've never heard before. I love that story. And
1: she knew, I told her, I said, yeah.
0: I love that story. So if I talk to your husband. And
1: then you asked about the first person I've ever had to fire.
0: The very first person you had to fire. Yeah.
1: It was a young lady at an organization, the same organization that I just gave the other example for, and I was so nervous about the termination, but it was she was so egregious in not coming to work and just showing up when she felt like it. So I had to terminate this employee, and I remember giving her the termination paperwork and her final check, which if you're in the state of California, please always deliver that final check upon termination she did a clean sweep on my desk she swept everything <laughs> my desk
0: <laughs> wow uh.
1: and so i it was a big ordeal and we had to call security she had to be escorted out and what i'm glad that was my first termination because it was exciting <laughs> it was full of fireworks and i will never forget that day and, and I laugh about it today and I have talked to that employee since then I haven't talked to her in years but we always laugh about that story and, and she always laughs and says I was so young back then and I was like yes you were and I should have made you pay for everything that you swept off of my desk onto the floor
0: what did she say okay so you fire her and she gets on your desk and she just throws everything off your desk what did she say was she like I can't believe you did this you're a terrible yeah, person she's like you
1: know this is a bunch of bitch she went bananas like she went ham on the cheese on me and she thought i was the worst person in the world and i'm suing you guys and and i'm like but we have documentation this is your fault you didn't correct the behavior and she was like and she just swept everything off of my desk right oh my God, onto the, the best
0: floor. that's the best so i wanted to just really quickly tell you about my best termination story of all time. Okay. There was a guy who long story short, I don't want to get sued because it's going to happen for other stories. Uh, He was fired and he got so mad that he, he had like these glass uh, frames, picture frames. Mm He was so angry that he took those frames and he threw them onto the, onto the floor. And he was like, I can't believe you're firing me. This is bullshit, whatever. And the frames broke and he took the shards of the glass.
1: Oh my goodness. He
0: literally stabbed, like cut his wrists. No. He cut his wrists. And he went. So we were like on the third floor of the building. He went down the stairs but tripped as he went down the stairs. <laughs> <floor. laughs> <laughs> and so and they were carpeted stairs. So well,
1: was just, blood like dripping oh yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he's bleeding and he's tripping down the staircase, getting blood over the carpet, saying, I cannot believe that you fired me. You've ruined my life, whatever, whatever. And like, and I started driving away. And like, the staff of the organization was like, Hey, hey, like, you can't drive. You're bleeding. And uh, they had to call him into a, what is it, 5150,
1: 50, whatever. -hmm. They put him on a 5150 hold.
0: Yes, they did. Yes,
1: they (laughs) did.
0: That is my favorite termination story of all time. Although I love that you're how this was your first job where you fired somebody where she came in and just threw everything off your desk. The first? Yes.
1: Yes. I always remember that's so funny that you asked that question because it was so dramatic and it was just so over the top. And I was like, that's just my luck. My first time terminating somebody. And it's just dramatic. But the majority of them have been very like, Cool, calm, and collected. There have been some suspect characters where I have security on standby just in case. Just right. in case. Right. Because you never know.
0: You never know. So I've had two employees. One believes that he was, he is, he believes that he is a dinosaur. And one believes that he was in a past life King Tut. Mm-hmm. So because you only find this shit in nonprofit. Like literally the person right. He really right. thought he was a dinosaur, and the other one really felt that he was King Tut. And I remember when the King Tut was like on an, an exhibition in like the the,
1: <laughs> the, the, the Delphi the Museum. Science. Oh OK, yeah,
0: Because that's when I was living on the East Coast, he was pissed. He was like, "I can't believe they're taking my body and they're desecrating." It was really awesome. Do you have an example of an employee that was just totally batshit crazy?
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think, because I have encountered some strange folks. In my i'm sure you profession. have oh my goodness let me think of somebody that was just really like whoa they are not wrapped too tight
0: i mean this guy oh. really thought he was a dinosaur i don't even know That's how to explain weird. It. like he had he had i hope he's not listening to this show he had i know um, he had these long nails that he like trimmed to like like be like dinosaur nails and mm-hmm. we used to hear him like typing on the on the computer with his long nails and like it was it was interesting
1: you know, I did have an employee <laughs> at one of the organizations and every single day he would bring in faithfully and he would eat it for breakfast in the morning and for lunch. Kipper. Have you heard of Kipper before? Kipper it's brought Kipper. So Kipper, I believe, is the family to sardines.
0: Oh, gross.
1: And we would be like, please don't, you know, can you, and he would just in the office, set up shop, like set up his breakfast and run people out of the office.
0: That's disgusting.
1: That is disgusting. disgusting. It is disgusting. And we would be like, please don't do that. Like, don't do that. Like, I like a good can of sardines every now and then. I might eat them maybe once every five years, but I'm not going to bring them to work and in the workplace and disrupt people's air, fresh air.
0: Okay, so let me ask you a question. So, if you had said to him as a director of HR, we need you to not do this anymore, right? Mm -hmm. And he said, you can't tell me that. Do you have the right to tell him that?
1: I do have a right to tell him that. I mean, legally, I don't think there's any laws against what you can eat for lunch and what you cannot eat for lunch. But as to respect your fellow colleagues, it's a conversation like that that you would have with an employee in respect of your colleagues. Can you please just Either find a place to eat this or just don't eat it at all.
0: <laughs> Can you imagine his breath and, and his, was he married? If, he married yes, married? he Ugh. was
1: married, yes. Ugh.
0: Can you imagine having somebody come at you with their mouth to kiss you with sardine? Ugh.
1: I know, it's it the disgusting. worst. Yeah, Just no notes, everyone, if you eat sardines, please, just like brush, gargle and brush Ugh. afterwards. Ugh. You That's know, gross. but every day, like routinely every day. That's I'm just trying to think of somebody else bizarre that, I, that I've worked with that just, you're like, hmm, they're interesting. It's so many. I, I don't even, yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> That's the fun thing about HR. There's just so much. to. There's so much. I mean, it's mm-hmm, fun. Mm-hmm. So, Carlin, we've gone past the half hour mark. And I do really like to keep this at a half hour because, to be honest, do you listen to podcasts? You don't listen to podcasts, right?
1: No. no, I should. But, but
0: you uh, don't. Let's be honest. No, you don't.
1: I don't I don't.
0: You don't. I don't. That's fine. So for the for the listener out there in the car in like Montana, where he or she has nothing but darkness to see, because it's a it's a big state. You're just driving. I feel like right. Montana does Montana have speed limits? I don't think Montana has speed limits. Is that right?
1: I don't I don't know. I don't I, like, I Montana, know nothing about Montana. I feel like Montana.
0: It's like my dream to just buy a like a compound in Montana. Really? Like a because I want, if you go on Redfin, just for funsies. I love
1: Redfin. I'm like addicted to Redfin.
0: Maybe Redfin could be a, could be a uh, advertiser for the show. We'll see. So if you, that's a good idea. We're going to have to think about that. So if you look at Redfin and you go to Montana, what you're going to see is you can buy a compound, a compound in Montana for like what you could buy in a closet for in LA. And not only, not only do you have like- not only do you have like a 19,000 square foot house, you've got a river that flows through your house. Like, do you know That's what
1: I mean? That's so, I love that. That's so bomb. Like, I'm, I, I'm addicted to water, like flowing water.
0: I mean, maybe we should wow. both move to Montana. I'm ready to move. We to should.
1: Okay? I'll be, I can live on the compound.
0: Okay.
1: Not, oh yeah, I'd never see so you. Great. I'd never I see you. It's
0: like, I'd never see you. It's like the size of LA for like, you yes. know, $500,000. It's ridiculous. So my point is- by the way, just for anybody who listens outside of LA, you can't buy anything in LA for what? Like,
1: well, you can't buy anything in LA. I'm going to say now under like six hundred thousand.
0: Yeah, nothing, nothing yeah. in LA. For yep. Not even you can yep. buy a closet. So, yeah. so we're going to end this part of the show, mm-hmm. and we're going to come back because you're just so amazing. Oh, we're going to come back for a second installment nice. of The Carlin Show. I feel like maybe
1: <laughs> you wanna
0: take over, Carlin? Do you just wanna take yes, over? sure,
1: okay, so this is The Carlin Show. And what we're gonna talk about today, I just jacked Matt for his show.
0: That's fine, that's fine, take it over. I don't think anybody's gonna even care. Like, you got it. you're better, I mean, you take over and I'm gonna just move to Montana. So, okay. So we're gonna end this half hour of the first part of the show and we're gonna move into a second show next week. So, Carlin, I want to thank you very much for the first part of the show.
1: I appreciate it.
0: And we're going to come back next week. You're going to join me next week?
1: Yes, I will. I'll be there.
0: All right. Thank you, Carlin.
1: You're welcome.